Welcome back to another episode of the Ex-Experts Podcast, where we give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. Why? We've lived it, so we get it. We're Jessica NTH. Hi, welcome back to another episode of the Ex-Experts Podcast, where we give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorced. And you know why? We've lived it, so we get it. I'm Jessica. And I'm TH. And today we're so excited to talk to a dear friend, Jen Graff, who, in addition to having been divorced herself, is a licensed clinical social worker and also one of the founders of the Graff Center for Integrative Medicine at Englewood Health. Welcome, Jen. Thank you. Thanks. Nice to be here. Welcome. Thank you. So. So, Jen, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. And um, and how why all of this is important to you. The topic I know we're going to talk about is divorce in the time of COVID. Yeah. And uh, in addition to being a professional in this field of um, therapy and coaching and everything else that you do, you're also a real life expert like Jessica and I are. So let's talk about divorce in the time of COVID together. Okay. All right. Well, you know, um, what I've found in my practice is this time of COVID when we're all quarantined together and, you know, just working, playing everything under one roof is if you're married still, uh, you'll either grow a stronger bond or you will explode. You will implode, explode. Um, so this time is either brought couples together or pulled them further apart. And the same goes with uh, divorced couples, you know, we still have children together and we still need to talk about, you know, school, drugs, socializing, doctor's appointments. And um, so it's a very stressful time and we need to play on the same team. So if we're married, we are definitely on the same team. Uh, and sometimes we don't act like that, but we have to remember that we are. And even if we're divorced, if we have kids, we are on the same team called being divorced, so called having children and being divorced. So we need to learn how to um, play fair and play on the same team. So I've been working with my clients on good communication skills. It's interesting that you talk about how the quarantine either is like helping people bond closer together or potentially pushing them apart. I definitely have heard both sides of the coins. Like for me, with my current divorce, even though we are getting divorced, I've told people like, I feel like quarantine was almost the best thing that could have happened for us. Because I think that if we hadn't been quarantined together, it would have been amicable anyway, because there's no reason for it not to be. But I almost feel like it gave the opportunity to really like genuinely show that there's sincere love and affection there. Like we're not compatible as husband and wife, but we can be great friends. And I think that it's more amicable than I think it might've been. Because mm -hmm. I think, you know, if you find out that you're getting divorced, then you would like probably use every excuse to not be home mm -hmm. and be yeah. out and not be spending yeah. that time together. Well, I think that says more about you than it says about the general public, because uh, what I've seen is, it really pushes people to their limits. And, you know, we can either use this time to get quiet and think about, okay, what's important to me? How do I want to live my life? All this quiet time gets us to either take stock 
or not. And there's a lot of drug abuse. There's a lot of alcoholism. Mm -hmm. People are escaping this pandemic by, you know, drugging, drinking, shopping, gambling. So I think that your response is a very healthy one, but it's not everyone's. Tell us a little bit about just really quickly, I mean, still on topic, in addition to all of your qualifications, you're also a yoga teacher, you're a Reiki master. So I wonder like how you were able to kind of utilize all of these techniques, A, in your own divorce and B, when you're working with your patients and your couples therapy patients, like how do you incorporate all of that? Well, I do practice what I preach. I do yoga every day and I meditate every day. And, um, you know, if you know how OCD I am personally, you would say, oh my gosh, I can't imagine you without doing all that stuff. Um, and in my divorce, you know, my ex and I have a really good relationship. We communicate really well. We're really good communicators. Um, and I'm, teaching my clients how to meditate, how to get quiet and listen to our own truth so that we can have our own needs met. You know, there's a lot of discrepancy out there, even though there are strict guidelines by the CDC about what's safe. Um, but there's, you know, there's, it's open to interpretation and, you know, what one person in uh, you know, one home can think is safe and acceptable. It might not be safe and acceptable in the other home. And if you're sharing children going back and forth and back and forth, create a lot of anxiety about safety. So mm -hmm. we have to really use good communication and meet in the middle, come, come up with a plan for life until we figure this thing out. And that's all about good communication. But I think Knowing our needs, being honest about our needs can be enhanced by doing meditation, by getting quiet. A lot of women, especially, and I work with women, especially in getting quiet and because we're used to taking care of everyone else's needs, you know, and our needs go last. I mean, we could go a whole day without eating. We could go a whole day without peeing and, you know. <laughs> That's not good. That's not You're good. Right. So we have to take care of ourselves, know our own needs, and meditation definitely helps with that. Meditation, yoga, self-care, eating good food so that we're not inflamed and so that we enhance our, our immune system um, by using self-care tools. And that's also one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about the Graph Center is it's about mind-body balance. It's using what we can in terms of exercise, nutrition, uh, meditation, creative expression, uh, seeing a therapist, uh, doing whatever we can to help ourselves build our own immune system so that if, God forbid, we do get this thing, that we have a fighting chance. So when you speak about, there are two things that I want to ask you about. So assume you don't have children. Um, is that a different type of communication? You, you don't really need communication with your ex in that case, unless you're, you know, have things still to settle. But um, so that's one, if you don't have kids, I mean, we all have kids, so I get it. I personally have a very hard time being quiet unless I'm asleep. Mm -hmm. um, 
I would rather go for an eight mile hike and listen to a podcast. So my quiet is actually still kind of loud, mm-hmm. but it's not the same noise. It's, it's different. So it's, yeah. it's quiet sound for me right. to sit and meditate. There's it, it's really, really hard. So I, I, I'm not, I'm not sure that it's because I haven't given it a fair enough, you know, shake really given it a fair enough chance. Cause I've already opted out. Um, <clears throat> but what do you say to people like me who just feel like, ah, eh, I think I'd rather go out and like, you know, climb a hill somewhere. Go well, on a marathon. Climbing a hill is right, whatever. a form of meditation. So there's active meditation, there's yoga, there's running, there's, you know, whirling dervishes, you know, and back <laughs> in the day, that was a form of meditation. Right. So they're active at first. And then when you stop, you're still, you're more quiet. So you might notice after a hike, or after a session of yoga or whatever it is, whatever activity you're doing, there is quiet afterwards. So anything that brings you also into the present moment is a form of meditation. So um, doing something active like that or journaling or some form of art, anything that cooking, anything that brings you into the present moment and out of the past and out of the future, not that the past or the future are bad. It's just not the present moment. It's not the experience of being alive. Mm-hmm. And um, that's all a form of meditation. So also that being said, people say to me, I'm, I am definitely not made. I'm not cut out for quiet meditation. And sometimes we're not. However, the Buddhists call it monkey mind. So it's the mind where one thought swings from branch to branch, branch to branch. And that's just me. Quiet. <laughs> and that's most people. So um, if you have a pulse, that's what meditation is for. So it's the practice of sitting still, being still, being quiet. And that's the ultimate form. And we have to start out in tiny, tiny, tiny little increments, like one minute at a time. If you can sit it for one minute at a time, you hear about these gurus on the top of the mountain for days on end. That's not what we have time for these days, or it's not practical. But to start out small, that would be my recommendation. That makes me feel better. Thank you. The kid part, (laughs) what, what, how to, more to TH's question, because I think that's so interesting, because right now, like, I don't have kids with, you know, in the midst of this divorce. So, but I still feel like communication is really essential. Yeah. So there, let me just tell, let me just talk a little bit about good communication. Cause we're not taught this in schools. We're certainly not taught this by our parents. God love our parents, but they weren't taught either. Mm-mm. And the only reason I was taught is because I went to school for it. So, you know, if you all out there have a pen and want to write this down, good communication is starting with being honest with with the person we're speaking to from a place from the heart. So we're not using force. We're not using coercion. We're talking about our own needs, which is why meditation is so good. We need to get clear about our own needs. We need to make it feel safe for the other person to communicate. So we listen a lot. We can start by listening. And listening means putting our own world on hold just for the moment while we're listening to the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, when we speak, so it's on hold just for the moment. We have to remember 
that it's just for the moment because it's really hard to listen to another person when we have our own agenda. Mm -hmm. So, and then when we speak our needs, that we do it in a calm, respectful manner. So I also suggest that couples, individuals, whatever it is, make an appointment with each other. So just because we're exes or just because we're married or just because there are kids doesn't mean we can just barge in on them and say, we're talking about this now, mm-hmm. right? Make an appointment with them. You say, look, there's something I really want to talk to you about. Is now a good time? Mm-hmm. And they go, no, now's not a good time. Okay, how about two hours? How about 24 hours? We don't want to let it lapse for more than 24 hours because that's just disrespectful and will create more anxiety. And the way you know you're ready to have the conversation is if on a scale of one to 10, one being totally chill, 10 being, you know, a crazy person, you are a four or below. So if you are a five, you do not have the conversation, right? You know you're agitated, you know, something got ticked off, you calm yourself, you go run a marathon, you go paint, you... Hold on, but I have to inter- I have to interject and ask mm-hmm. you because as a person who is super high strung. Yep. Wait, say that again. As a, a person who is super high strung. <laughs> okay. I wonder, like sometimes for me, I feel like I can't calm down until I have the conversation. Right. So I'm wondering how like just that one simple tip. Like I don't know how to even get there. And I can't be the only one. There have to be a lot of people out there listening who are feeling like, to me, the not being able to talk about it now is 100% what's creating more and more anxiety. Right. So you are what we call the lion in the relationships. There's a lion and there's a turtle, right? (laughs) And the lion needs it now, 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 now. And then the turtle kind of recedes, but you push that turtle too far and it'll snap out, right? Snapping turtle. Mm -hmm. So neither one is the way to be. So we, you can journal about it to help relieve some of the anxiety. You can talk to a friend to help relieve some of the anxiety. You can talk to a therapist, a sounding board. You want to get not in that state of fight or flight, because when we're in that state, we are fighting for our lives. And although it might feel like we're fighting for our lives, it's not a life or death situation. Mm -hmm. So we need a little distance from it. We need to cool back. So you might never be a one, but you don't want to be a five. You want to be a four. Okay. And there's no reality to that. We're just rating ourselves. I think I walk around at a, between a five and a 10 on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jessica actually just helped me with something recently. And it's something that I learned during my divorce. <clears throat> I would type it all. I would like spew it on paper. So it wasn't even journaling because I felt like, God, I don't want to take up like 10 pages in my journal and then look back at that. Mm-hmm. So I do journal now. But during those contentious times or when I was really just so enraged by something that was happening, I would type like a mad woman or write, you know, brain you dump. type quickly, right. full so brain good. dump, pissed off every word in the book. I just had to put it somewhere and that's where it landed. And then I would go back and revisit it. And then it's almost like editing my thoughts. So I'd go back, revisit it and like, okay. 
I didn't have to say all this, even though this is how I feel, it's not going to help me get what I want. And recently I had a situation with someone that I know and care about, and I dumped it on Jessica. <laughs> I didn't have a place to put it and I didn't want to write it down. So I did speak to Jessica. I did speak to my therapist. And then I wrote a letter mm-hmm. because I feel like what you're talking about with communication yeah. to set up a time, I think, and I could be wrong, but I, in my experience, neither one of us were going to be in the same number range to have a conversation at the same time. Mm-hmm. So just like it takes one person to get a divorce, I feel like it could take one person to have a conversation. So if you plant the seed and you come into it calmly, maybe that will help bring down the other person. If not, then screw it. It's just not going to happen. Well, it's an agreement that you have. You say, okay, now's not a good time. When would be a good time for you? Oh, okay, I can do it in five hours. Okay, great. Right. Way you right. Look at a friend or a colleague. Yeah. You know, there's just an agreement. And look, if those five hours come and something happened and it's not a good time. Then it's not. Right. 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 But but that that dumping just on my laptop or on Mm -hmm. Jessica or on you, whatever, um, really does help me to kind of what am I really mad about? And I feel so much better. It's like if you don't feel good, you like get it out of you. Yeah. And by so. the way, you also handled it like in a really productive way and came about with a very productive solution in the end. So it actually, the system really worked for you. So that's an awesome tip, Jen, because yeah, it, like, totally worked yeah. for. But, but this is a growth. I was not doing this right. in the throes of my divorce and right. my separation was 12 years ago. So it definitely takes time. And I would say, you know, forgive yourself and give yourself a break and don't be hard on yourself, mm-hmm. um, which is also easier said than done. Um, but here I am today, 12 years later, and definitely better able and stronger and more confident to be able to handle those situations. But you know, divorce is, it sucks. It's, you know, it's, tough and it's very tough. difficult. And, you know, we don't learn from easy life. Right. Easy life. We learn mm-hmm. from the wounds. We learn, hopefully, you know, some people don't. Some people get wounded and just it crusts over and crusts over and creates gaps in scar tissue. But it's an opportunity to learn good skills, good communication skills. And I'd love Jen. to go over the communication skills. Yeah, please. Because I think it's very useful. And if they have a pen. So rather than uh, accusatory statements like you should have, or you always, or you never, you know, gross generalizations about the other person's character and you, 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 that we use I statements. And, and we've heard this before. I feel uncomfortable. I need Um, So, for instance, let's say your kid goes to a party. So there's an observation. Jane is invited to a party indoors. So let's say Jane is your your daughter. So there's a feeling about this observation. I feel uncomfortable. There's an unmet need. I need to know she feels safe. There's a request. I request that we let her go if she wears a mask and it's outdoors. Okay, so the formula, it's called nonviolent communication, um, and it's conversation, difficult conversations. So we state a non-judgmental observation. We take ownership of our own feelings. 
and then our needs, and then we make a request for change. So there can be negotiation. The other party might come back and say, well, I need this. We have to mm -hmm. be flexible, but to take ownership. And I that, think that's great. That, that would be, off, you know, off the defensive. And it feels good. It feels good to have to be able to say, I feel and I need. It's not how we usually speak. Right. right. And you're taking ownership. You're taking responsibility yeah. for yourself and you're putting right. it out there. Right. <clears throat> now let's talk about it. I'm not putting words in your mouth. Mm -hmm. These are my words. Meet me somewhere yep. where we can talk about this. Yep. I think it's great. Good. Such a good example too, though, because I feel like with a lot of people dealing with divorce during COVID who do have kids and trying to manage and navigate the co-parenting, things like that are perfect examples of like an extra layer of complexity yeah. and stress that um, we didn't necessarily have to deal with before. Now, in addition to trying to manage all of the co-parenting, it's like, okay, well, that parent lets them go out to the parties and this parent doesn't want them to go out to the parties, but they're with that parent this weekend. So it's, you can't right. micromanage what's not happening in your own home. That right. was a big lesson for me, not COVID specifically, but just the, in general, the whole, I can't micromanage what's happening with my kids when they're with their dad. He right. loves them. He really is a good father. Obviously he doesn't want anything bad to happen. We do things differently. Mm -hmm. I just have to take a deep breath and you know, let it go. Call me. Yeah. And <laughs> communicate. Yeah. Call your friends. You know, communicate. Call your friends. Get to know what's really important for you. And, you know, what's a deal breaker? What's acceptable? What's right. not acceptable? Um, and that from there, negotiation can take place. But, you know, it's really getting to know our own needs and making requests for change. Which, Which is also not important. always be met, right? Mm -hmm. And then, then there's another cycle of okay, well, given that I feel I need and I request, so you, mm -hmm. there can be many, many, many cycles of it, and yeah. many bubble baths in between. Many self, you know, care tips, you know, that you can use in between to just keep the stress down. So maybe now, what we can the news every day is also one. Don't oh, absolutely. News every day, you know, pick up a, pick up a great book that makes you feel yummy, you know, do lovely things in nature, make yourself feel good. I think it would be great if we could create some kind of um, an outline, um, like not really, maybe a checklist um, of, you know, key tips that you have in the framework for starting a conversation to communicate in a productive, effective, non-combatal, is that a word? <laughs> non-combative yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. And we'll, we'll put that with this uh, podcast. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, that would be awesome. Along with your other, as you said, your other tips for um, things in between to be able to do this. So much great information out here. So Jen, for anyone who's listening, who wants to be able to reach out to you directly and find you um, for any of the stress management techniques, the graph center, the therapy aspect of it, any of the things that you can help people with, what's the best way for people to find you? Um, they can email me at jennifergraff@me.com. J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R-G-R-A-F as in Frank at me.com. 
for everyone out there listening, if you know anyone at all that would benefit from what we talked about today, please share this episode and everything X-Experts. Be sure and click to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please follow us on social media at X-Experts, that's E-X, E-X-P-E-R-T-S, on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.